It's Monday. I hope everyone's enjoyed their weekend. It's the 15th of March, month left to do your taxes. This is the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke, episode 227. Do we just skip the what's on today's show? No. Strata Bianca, Perry Nice, Trina Adriatico, Roglich, Podgachar, Wout, Matthew Vanderpool, Crashes. Oh, everything is going on. We got the ride of the week. We've got NorCal cycling starting and Tyler. Is he petty? All those that raise your hands for that say Tyler is petty. Oh, I see some of you out there said, I think I said pretty. I said petty and we'll start right, <laughs> right there to begin with. Um, first of all, I uh, hope you enjoyed episode 226. We interviewed uh, NorCal team uh, California uh, rider Drake Duell. He had that amazing ride up to Haleakala, uh, took the KOM. We got some really good feedback from that. Uh, Mike Woods retweeted us. Uh, so did um, Doug Ryder, which is the, uh, he used to be with Quebec. I think he still is with Quebec because Kurt Carlson had tagged him in there in his tweet. Kurt Carlson, the manager of the NorCal cycling team, uh, team California, had done that. So anyway, some good in, uh, people. I hope you enjoyed that. Drake, I really enjoyed having him come on. Uh, phenomenal new talent, and we will watch him progress. Some people had some comments about, you know, um, when, like, hey, when you talk, ask him, you should ask him some more about you know, bumping elbows and crits and stuff. I just think he he went from a five to a two, I think, in one year. He's so new. He's got an amazing engine. Um, I'm not sure that Drake actually knows what he's capable of, and that's why kind of I brought the question up about you know, changes the pace on climbing. And I don't know that he's, uh, he's done a lot of that. It's going to be great to see him uh, try to unfold and see what he's got in the tank for the next few years. Once we have racing progressing and starting back up, um, he'll get a chance to do that. And I hope we'll have a chance to see his, uh, the, the phenom that he possibly is here in NorCal, uh, if not on the race calendar. All right. So why is Tyler Petty? Well, Okay, I mentioned a few times I did this Drake Duel interview. You know, look, let's, let's take a step back. There's this, in Northern California, we have the Northern California Cycling and Nevada Cycling Association, NCNCA. And there's a Facebook page, and there's some issues about who's running that. There was uh, editing going on, people being censored there. So some people decided to, at least this was my understanding. I could be wrong on this. People decided to make some changes, and they started their own a group uh Facebook page called the feed zone. Um, I was asked to be part of that. It was, I was, when I post on there called the founding member, I don't know what that means, but I thought this was a group page of, of kind of stuff. Well, so this was the idea. Hey, we're not going to be censored, but we're not going to have politics involved. And let's just read a little bit about this page here. Uh, the mission of the feed zone public group page is to provide essential information to the give racers in Northern California the power to build our racing community, bringing our sport closer together, providing a resource to stay connected as a family of racers to share and express what matters to us with the sport we love. I would like to thank all those who joined the page. My goal is to make it a one-stop resource for NorCal race, road racing and cyclocross when the season begins. Reach out to your Nor SoCal. This could be their resource. Okay, so basically we post things about races, uh, photos, results, favorite rides, team and club info, bikes, underground and grassroots racing rides, race videos, photographer links, anything that may come to mind down the road that has to do with road and cyclocross racing in Northern California. Throwback Thursday posts. Um, friendly reminder not to have political posts or comments, political opinions on the site. There is 
I will delete the comments. Okay, whatever. So I usually post stuff to this page specifically that has to do with NorCal as the rules dictate. Mark Tucker's been on there. I've done some interviews with him and we posted it to the site. Uh, had Jason Saltzman, who, if you really look, think about it, maybe it might not have been NorCal related. There is Jason, used to race in NorCal. He's moved to Southern California. He rides for Wildlife Generation, and it's no longer NorCal. It's not a NorCal team. So we posted that there. I bring all this up because I posted this the last episode with Drake Duel. Basically, Drake is living in SoCal, Jason Saltzman like, and he's, but he's racing for a team in NorCal, Team California. The team is NorCal. The director, Kirk Carlson, is a Norwal, NorCal stalwart. We've been discussing him winning Piscenta and a few other things. He rode for Jelly Belly. Um, Drake is hanging out in Hawaii and staying with Mason Marlowe, a NorCal person who supports the team and you know, NorCal riders that go over there. Kevin Metcalf is in the top 20 of the Haleakala. I just thought it was, it was a, first of all, he rides for a NorCal team, so I posted it there. Either way. I get a message from the, the person that runs the page. He said, hi, Tyler. I appreciate the video you posted on the feed zone just recently, but I don't think it's relevant to what I'm trying to accomplish with this group page. I'm really wanting to focus to be on NorCal and its racers and races and anything that apply to road racing in NorCal. I want this group to be more focused on those areas. I will delete it for it really doesn't apply to the purpose of this page. Thanks, Tyler. So I said, I gotcha. And then I just said, hey, um, he rides for a NorCal team. His team director is NorCal stalwart. I got no reply. So he removed the page. So I, as the petty person I am, I just removed myself from that page. I don't need this kind of stuff. I mean, this is just, I, I'm trying to avoid hypocrisy in my life. You look on the, on the post, even this guy has, there's races about UAE. There's races about all of the kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I think I do... And this isn't about me, but I think I really do try to push the sport and especially NorCal, you know, but I, I do everywhere. Right. So I'm only but I do interviews of all these kind of races. I, I bring our Mark Tucker, I, uh, Sean Bagley, uh, Saltzman. I mean, you know, go to races and I try to interview these people. Uh, we just did one with uh, Larry Nolan, uh, you know, doing um, I just reposted it. So. I think I try on that and, um, and there was no reply. You know, if you would have given me a reply as to, Hey, I never actually watched the video. I didn't realize this kid that team California is a Northern California team for many years, those kind of thing. Then maybe I wouldn't have been so petty about this, but as it is, I just said, uh, F it. I'm leaving the team, <laughs> leaving the team. I'm leaving that page. If you guys want to post on the Facebook page of between two wheels, feel fine. I'm not going to delete anything in there unless you go after my family, even then. Um, depends on which ones, uh, but go ahead and post away on there. You can bring up anything, or it sounds like to me, the, um, NCNCA page still the, the one to do. All right, let's go to the next issue, which is Strada Bianca. Strada Bianca, what, a week ago now, Sunday, um, it was procured to be, we had Rob Dalto on here, uh, from tour breakaway cycling, uh, podcast, and he had picked Wout. I had gone with Roman Bardet, which wasn't, it was just kind of like a, Hey, he's done well there. And there's no reason. Once I started thinking about it, I was like, that was really bad. Roman hasn't even showed that he's got anything. Maybe a better pick would have been something like Pitcock or something like this. Egan Bernal, someone who's actually shown a little, uh, you know, whatever. Um, there is a group of like seven or eight away in this race with 20, 30 K to go. Quinn Simmons is up there. He's pounding it, looking really good. He ends up flatting out of that group. He gets a change, catches up to the next group with full sang and a few others behind. He starts powering on that group and goes around a corner, slides out, goes into a ditch. I don't know if another rider took him out. 
but he crashes out. But he was looking really good, and it was uh, some things of, uh, to come. You're like, hey, Quinn Simmons, I think this could be a race for you coming down a few years, and it'll be uh, kind of interesting to see him actually stay in a group and not crash out or flat out and see how that can, can play itself up. Either way, uh, probably everyone knows Matthew Vanderpoel gets away with Julian Alaphilippe, uh, Egan Bernal. They drop Wout. Pitcock, Michael Gogol was in there. Pogacar was in that group. And, I mean, it was everybody. It was including when Quinn, Quinn Simmons was up there. You've got world champs, former world champs, GC winners. It was a ridiculous amount of talent in that group. Great to see a fettering from, you know, um, sprinter types all the way down to, you know, GC global climber types. Uh, as it turned out, though, Matthew Vanderpoel was ridiculous. Put on some power. You can t- check it out. There's been a bunch of news stories about the amount of power that he actually uh, exhibited in his racing. You can see him here. Uh, if you're watching a uh, YouTube picture from Steep Hill, uh, of him, it's kind of the symbolic picture of him now uh, dropping out of Philippe up the final climb and just putting down the power. Uh, the wattage, I guess, was uh, immense. So you got Matthew Vanderpoel with the win, five seconds over uh, Julian Alphilippe, 20 on Bernal. Wout comes in fourth at 51 seconds. Pitcock, 54 seconds. Golgol, 54. And Pogacar, 54. Quinn Simmons, like I said, was in that chase group. Uh, Full Sang was about there as well. Uh, but it was really good to see. Uh, once again, another great, fantastic um, duel between Wout, Matthew Vanderpoel, he finally gets his win at the Strada Bianca. He didn't do so well, um, Matthew Vanderpoel, there last year. I think Alaphilippe had some trouble with flats as well. Okay. Then we have a few stage races. We start with Perry Nice. Then the midweek, we start in with Torino Adriatico. And with those, you're going to see uh, some crazy stuff happening, some crashing. I mean, uh, I heard uh, Horner talking about he always would try to do, at least if they had climbs, Turner Adriatico because the roads are wider, a little better. Yet this morning we see uh, Simon Carr, I think that's his name, of uh, EF hit a, a barrier in the middle of the road and gets flipped up and hits a sign. And uh, as Chris Flower said, he goes, well, <laughs> but the GCI was checking his sock length when he was on the ground. Yeah, because those are the things that they worry about. But you had stage one, you had Richie Port crashes out. Um, Bennett gets the win there. This is at Perry Nice. Uh, Demar and Pedersen, Phillipson round out the top four in that case. Uh, then the next stage, you had stage two, Cease Bowles of DSM winning over Pedersen and Matt, Michael Matthews of Bike Exchange. Some time bonuses went into effect, and Matthews gets the uh, overall for the GC lead going into stage three, which they have a time trial. Bessiger for EF, you saw him close in UAE. He gets the win finally. Uh, over Cavagna, Roglic, and McNulty. Brandon McNulty looking good. He ends up crashing out later. That's kind of the story of this race. Take the lead, crash out. Um, he had some mountains. Um, EF Bessinger can't hold on the next day on stage four. Teo Gegenhart crashes and drops out. Roglic takes the time bonus, 3K to go, and just continues on going. And next thing you know, he gets a stage win. Roglic, first win at Pyrenees ahead of Shockman. Gian Martin. You had Brandon McNulty down there in 14th. You American Mateo Jorgensen in 16th, and another American uh, Nielsen Palace in 30 seconds. Both, all, all three of them, kind of showing their prowess in this race. So Ruglich goes into the lead. Shockman's in second. McNulty looking good in third. <clears throat> but like I said, spoiler, he ends up crashing out. So you didn't have anything. What you ended up seeing on this stage uh, as well is Cavagna of uh, Quick Quickstep goes up the road. I think it was with uh, Leon Sanchez. And uh, there's a climb to the finish. And uh, as they're cl- hitting that climb, Cavagna 
just his gears lock up and he can't go. He pulls up the side of the road. There's a word. Oh, he thinks it's a battery uh, on his uh, DI2 stuff. Um, then the team comes out later and says, oh, actually, it went into crash mode and he wasn't able to change this. He hadn't crashed. So, I'm, you know, Chris Flower, once again, to quote him here, uh, he basically is like, I wonder if there's a Lefevre just pulling out, you know, stupid uh, excuses that you can blame something else like DI2, the Shimano, rather than his uh, maybe his mechanics for not having batteries that were charged up. I don't know. Either way, Cavagna wouldn't have made it to the finish, but it's a little bit something to keep in mind when a GC rider has trouble and um, either has to pull out due to a mechanical that's, uh, you know, something you might want to make sure you're, it doesn't happen to you. Stage five, it's another sprint stage. Sam Bennett gets the win over Bahani and Ackerman. Uh, uh, De- uh, Martin uh, for Jumbo was in a crash, broke his elbow. Roglic crashes. Martin had to go to the hospital, though. Roglic was okay. I think this was maybe the stage also that uh, George Bennett, um, you know, the, the new New Zealand champion who looks like he rides for Quebec now, the way that kit looks, uh, he also went down. He hit a post in the road. There's got a few of these there. And he was dazed. Uh, Martin, they said they wanted to give him the concussion protocol. He said, no, I broke my elbow. I'm just leaving. Uh, George Bennett, they, did, <laughs> they didn't give him the concussion protocol. Uh, and he looked dazed. He got back on his bike. I must say the next few days he was riding unconscious uh, in a good way. Uh, so if he obviously recovered from that. But once again, I think they checked his uh, sock length while he was uh, down on the ground as well. Interesting that the, uh, the UCI gets worried about super tuck, hands over the bars when you're going solo, and yet the road conditions are still kind of abysmal. I mean, you can't help it with the traffic furniture, but if you're going to put a road a race down there, you've just got to have flagmen. I mean, they were going through like a back alley. It looked with shopping carts in the middle of the road. It just, it did not look good. Stage six was Friday. Uh, you ended up seeing Roglic once again, taking it on and getting the stage win over Christophe Laporte and Michael Matthews. It was a bit of a, a finish where it was depleted. You had some sprinters, you had some non-sprinters, but Roglic just does his thing. And when he wants to kick, he kicks and he wins. This is the stage that McNulty clash, crashes out. So therefore it changes the overall. You get Roglic in first, Shackman, Izaguri, Vlasov in fourth. Stage seven was Saturday. And you're looking at this, it's got another climb. Roglic takes off. This is the one that starts to have a little bit of a, people talk about karma. And so there's a discussion here because Roglic with like 3K to go, there's a a few riders up the road. He kind of hits out, some riders go with him. He sits up about 30 meters, 300 meters to go to the line. Gino Mater of Bahrain Victorious is still up the road and Roglic decides to hit it again, blows past this guy right, you know, inside 50 meters, comes around, posts up, gets the win. And so he gets the win, Gino Mater in second, and Shockman in third. But people are saying, was this really necessary for you to take this win from this kid who might not, you know, get another chance? This is a chance of a lifetime, and you're just, this is your third win of an eight-stage race. You know, is this even necessary? Uh, Gino Mater himself and some other riders were saying, well, look, especially teammates of of uh, Roglic chimed in and said, uh, we're, we're working our ass off for this guy. Why he, we don't, we don't do that so that he gives gifts to people. That's ridiculous. And that was my first thought too, is you know, as a teammate, you, you guys sacrifice, let's get the win. That's three stage wins for you. And this race, you don't know, maybe you're going to crash out the next day and not win the overall. So you always, you know, go for what you have. Now I, I, people are, are there's two other, uh, 
cons to doing this that I heard. Others are just like, oh, it's just not nice. It's the, the namby-pamby type, which is like, oh, it's not nice. This poor kid was out there. Well, even Gino Mater himself was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, don't, I wouldn't, I would do that too. Oh, it was interesting. One of the jumbo guys is like, um, people don't gift me the time trial when I'm, I have the lead, you know, for halfway through. And I was like, yeah, it was a good point. However, the, the other con uh, argument was actually Chris Horner, which damn that guy being prescient and uh, knowing kind of what's going to happen in the future. His, he comes out and says, no, you play the long game. As a person, you've got enough wins. You don't need that. And what you do is you then build morale for other people. Maybe um, this, you never know when you're going to need a teammate in Bahrain, uh, Bahrain Victorious. You never know when you're going to need help. You're going to have to have goodwill with other people. And I think uh, Ruglich has that. But also you saw the next day when issues came down with teams were more than willing to hit the front when he was in trouble. So uh, that's the other the thought. And I, otherwise I was like, no, you always take the win. But, you know, Chris Horner made me think about it just a little bit. So you have Sunday, stage eight, and there's some climbing. It's a circuit race similar to what was happening the same day out there in Toronto. And you end up getting Roglic on a descent. He crashes pretty hard. Rumor is now that he actually separated his shoulder, dislocated his shoulder. I think he put it back in, so he's all ripped up on his left side. They do a circuit. They're going to come down the same hill for the last 30K or so. He goes down again, and this time he couldn't get his chain on. His team comes back to help. As this is happening, uh, Bora hits the front. Um, um, there's Astana hits the front, and they just drill it, and it's like this winding kind of up, a little bit of a uphill in the valley before they hit the climb again. And Ruglitch is screwed. He's trying to catch up. He's got George Bennett back there. He's got a few other, I think, Kreuzwick. And they're trying to get him. They get him very close to it. They pull off. And then he has Nasir Bahani. And they can't close this last gap. And it's not closing. And next thing you know, his gap starts going 20 seconds, 40 seconds. And then they start hit the climb. It's 20K out or so. And it's got two pitches in that. And by the finish, he's three minutes back. He goes from first place of over 50 seconds going into the stage to uh, getting a 15th overall, uh, 216 back and three something on the stage. Uh, as the stage wound down, uh, it kind of got narrowed down, but there was enough guys in there for a little bit of a sprint in EF's Court Nielsen. Magnus Court Nielsen gets the win over Laporte and Latour of Kofidis and Total Direct Energy, respectively. Shackman defends his shortened race from Perry Nice last year. Uh, Vlasov in second, 19 seconds. Is a Gary third Hamilton a bike exchange in 41 seconds Tish Benut Guillaume Martin Jack Haig and Mattel Jorgensen of the US from team movie star 129 back and Roglic at 216 okay so let's talk about that real quick Roglic crashes twice when he comes across the finish line he does a comes over finds Shockman gives a fist bump and I, as soon as I saw that I was like oh that was really classy because you can see Shockman's watching Roglic go by and it's um and in matter of fact uh, in the press conference, um, Shackman's very much on the defensive uh, without being pushed there. He's like, well, this isn't the way, way I want to win, but I, 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 I got a mechanical early and no one waited for me. Um, so, you know, I don't really want to win this way, but we rode hard and this bike racing. And so you can tell in his mind, he's kind of like, I just wish it didn't happen this way. Well, you didn't have to have it happen that way. You could have not put the gas on and then tried to drop him on the climb or not allow him to, to necessarily get back and then put it, but you guys kept it on. So uh, it, it happened this way and you were part of it. And I think that's bike racing. I mean, you take the day before and you say no gifts and you come back the next day and you're like, look, dude, you've already wrecked once and we waited for you. Um, 
you're doing it again and we're waiting for you. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But then you you say it right out. Um, yeah, he went down. He couldn't keep upright. So we put the hammer down. I don't know what the problem is. Acting a little sheepish on it. I get it because you feel a little weird about it. And if you feel a little weird about it, then maybe you shouldn't have done that. But I think it was perfectly fine to do. And I'm a Roglic fan. But with that said, Roglic is one enough. He'll come back. He'll be fine. Um, he obviously had some injuries and maybe needs to work on why he's you know, falling in corners, going down, down hills. Um, he did get some help from Buhani. He got some help from Victor Kampenertz as well. Uh, he being a uh, roglitch trying to come back. And that's exactly kind of the situation that you saw. Now Buhani rides for, he rides for, uh, Bahrain Victorias, the team that just the other day, yesterday he went and did the, okay. So interesting there. Uh, or is he with the Arkea Samtic? It's hard to tell with his Jersey. I, I should probably check that out. <laughs> Um, Astana and Bora, like I said, they drilled it, especially at the second thing. Is this bike racing or is this karma? I think it's consistent with stage seven and eight. At least if you are, if you say, um, oh, he should have gifted him the day before. Oh, and then this karma the second day. I don't think those match. And maybe you can post that on the feed zone uh, news page there, uh, your inconsistencies. So I think um, Shockman won. It's perfectly fine. Roglic, maybe work on your descending. Um, maybe that team needs to, you know, readjust. I think if you had Martin there that had crashed out, that may have made a difference to getting him back in there. They just didn't really have that big punch. Plus, your team split. You don't even have uh, Sep at this at this race or Trenor Adriatico. You don't have Wout there. It's not the best overall team if you're going to go in and support Roglic. But remember, he's had trouble with this in the Giro 2019. Team is taking a piss on the side of the road. He has a mechanical. Now he has to chase back up. We've had seen this a few times with him. We've also seen him having trouble in France on the last day. Feel bad for him. Uh, not the way you want to see him go down. And what was most interesting to me is in this last, you know, 15K or so when he's hitting these climbs and the field has been shredded. So he's going past Bora riders. He's going past Astana riders and he's shredded up both sides of his back. You wonder what they think of like, did I do the right thing? Was I being a uh, fair play in putting the hammer down when this guy is shredded up and he's still pushing to the finish? I, I give him a lot of credit and uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Let me know how you feel about that. Um, I don't really have complaints other way. I think he did the right thing the day before. Chris Horner brings out a different re reason why he shouldn't. Not that you just gift things, but hey, you're, you're playing the long game. And then uh, does, is that kind of replacement as to, to what happened there on stage eight? I don't know. Congrats to Max Shackman. If you want to check out, we did an interview with him at Tour of California. Very nice guy. Uh, no blaming him. Um, you know, ride, ride as you will. Toronto Adriatico, we start out there, stage one, Wout Van Ert comes off of his disappointment the week before. Estrada Bianca, and with fourth place, get to stage win over Caleb Ewing and Fernando Gaviria. Later on, we see Caleb Ewing isn't in the mix because he has some stomach problems. As the announcer was saying on GCN, he's like, look, you can fuel yourself as much as you want. You can control that. You can't control <laughs> if it's coming out and you've got a problem. And that's why uh, he quit. Um, Caleb Ewan, it is. Hope he feels better. Uh, Fernando Gaviria is in there. He didn't really see much from him later on. Peter Sagan's in this race. He I guess he's recovering from COVID. We're not really seeing much going on from him. Anyway, stage two, we got a little bit of a climb. Julian Alaphilippe. Look, in that, climb, in that stage going up to the finish, he actually had a few climbs right before the finish there. It's like 20 or so K out. Quinn Simmons, you see him right up the front mixing it in. I was like, hey, pretty cool. Um, nice to see him putting his nose in the front there. Uh, but you saw Julian Alaphilippe take the win over Matthew Vanderpool, Wout Vanert, and Pogacar. But up that climb, you had seen Simon Yates, a bike exchange. He was up the brake, and you're like, oh, I could see this happening. He looks pretty good. And all of a sudden, boom, he comes off the guys he was with. 
straight through the field, out the back, no clue as to what happened because he looked really good a few days later. Stage three, reduced field, a little uphill gradient towards the finish. Matthew Vanderpoel comes flying across the line, does a post where he's got his arms folded around his chest and then posts up over uh, Wout Van Ert, Ballerini, and Iguita. Iguita, that's how you pronounce that. I got to, we'll do that uh, later on here. Someone sent me a uh, pronunciation, uh, the pronunciation the police sent uh, in saying him, it's not Iguita, it's Iguita. And I'm like, look, I can, no offense, I can barely pronounce Americans' names, okay? So uh, give me a Colombian, uh, I'm, I'm toast. Um, Greg Van, Amener, uh, Van Avermont was fifth in that race, so you can kind of see that uh, Iguita, as an example, he gets in a mixed group. He's got a kick, impressed with him, but, because um, look, he's right behind Ballerini and ahead of Greg Van Avermont with these sprinters, pretty impressive. So you can see it was a, a reduced field type of thing. Wout's in the lead, Vanderpoel's in second, Julian Alaphilippe's in third, Mikhail Landa's fourth, Pogacar, fifth place on GC. Going into stage four, Pogacar decides to attack around 6K out, and he just kept extending and extending, extending the lead. Then Yates, I don't know, three or four, I don't want to say inside three, he attacks to go try to bridge up to him and almost gets him. I think it was six or 10 seconds, six seconds, I think, at the finish with some time bonuses. So it was very close, almost doing what happens the very next day. So you get Pogacar in the win. Uh, in GC, Van Aert uh, goes to second. Iguita, who was third on the day over Landa and Quintana. Um, and then third on GC for Iguita and then Landa in fourth place. Nairo Quintana, hey, he's up there on the climb, good to see, and then boom, next day he disappears. Pogacar, like I said, he talked from like 6K out. Matthew Vanderpoel, who he had seen winning stages one and three. Uh, no, not one and three. He won stage three, Wout won stage one. He lost 20 minutes on that climb that day. So he pops right out of the GC. Sunday. So I start off, I'm watching Perrinis first. Uh, I see that unfold. No. Take that back. I, I watched Torreno first, and it's a circuit race, and I'm flipping back and forth between the two. By the way, if you're watching them on GCN that are geo-restricted, get yourself a VPN. It's not a problem. Set it to the UK. Set it to Canada. You'll get those races, no problem. However, I'm watching Torreno. It's got some loops in it, and Matthew Vanderpoel uh, takes off with 52K to go. Now, probably everyone's read about this. He said he did so because he was cold. Okay. <laughs> Put on a jacket, buddy. But it was phenomenal to watch. I tune in, I don't know, 20 or so K to go. He's got almost three minutes up the field. He is looking phenomenal. This this road, by the way, it's it's steep pitches, punchy stuff, some downhills, and it's wet and cold, and he's looking good, and he's just hammering it out. Next thing you know, about 16 K to go. Bogachar. Hey, uh, Vanderpoel's up the road with uh, he's 20 minutes behind. I, I better make sure this doesn't happen because he's got a three-minute lead. He starts to, Wout's on the front. Pogacar starts to accelerate. Wout can't go, but the, and now it's just shattered, okay? Now you've got, there's a few guys straggling in between. Feline's out there. I don't know who else, uh, but the point is Pogacar starts to go after, and it's like 16 or so K to go starts to go after Matthew Vanderpool, who's in like 250 or so up on him. That gap starts coming down. They do like another circuit. They're coming into the last one. Now it's like a minute 20. Then it's like a minute. 
you're watching Vanderpolt uh, just shove food, gels, everything he can down his, his gullet. He's uh, drinking a bunch. He's not taking on a jacket or anything like that. And behind, Wout can't dis can't quite bring in Pogacar. It's like 20 seconds, like 40 seconds, close to a minute. Okay, In the end, uh, they have a kick up to the finish. It is down to like nothing for the two uh, Vanderpolt uh I'm sorry. Yeah, Vanderpool barely holding on like 10, 20 seconds, even inside that, I think it was six maybe, to um, Matthew Vanderpool. I could probably look that up. That would probably be the best thing to do is say, hey, how close was it? Pogacar, 10 seconds behind Vanderpool on the stage. I, I mean, yeah, that. And he had Wout Van Ert, 49 seconds back. So he closed that down a little bit. Fellini, Fabio Fellini uh, for Astana, minute 26. Bernal, 207. Tim Wellens at 207. 218, I'm sorry. Demarche, he was up the road as well. Demarche was. Landa, for, I mean, everything. And I think Aguita just blew out and lost like 20 minutes as well. So it really changed the overall. But what was most impressive of many impressive things is, one, to see Matthew Vanderpool come across the line. He can't even post up. He said it was, did I, it was this, did I make history? Because it felt like it. It was so dramatic. Um, barely comes across the line. He collapses. He's like just in a world of hurt. He said he could barely do 200 watts. And eh, I'd question that. Uh, but it was impressive for a few things. He is a guy that doesn't, you don't see that. We just talked about his amazing power at Strada Bianca. Suddenly becomes inhuman with this 52K uh, escape. Yet in the last, you know, five, six K, you can see him just suffering like a dog. And so you start pulling for him. He's this, this wonderkin, yet you're pulling for him. And he suddenly turns into an underdog. Then you see Pogacar, you know, drilling it out there. Almost got caught the day before. Now he's trying to do the same thing. And you're like, oh, this is amazing to watch him too. Wout, who you can't see, you know, look, Wout, they're trying to talk to about him being this GC contender. Well, he's got to get through um, here at Toronto Adriatico and you're running into the Tour de France defending champion. So good luck there. But you're putting up a mighty good struggle and contest here at least. So it's it's like underdogs, that, that these dramatic, you know, figures kind of turn into underdogs in the same day. It's great to see. We saw that at Perry Nice with Roglic as well, where he's undefeatable, yet now he gets in a bad situation and he fights, fights, fights to the finish. And this is what makes you really enjoy these kings of the cycling and these amazing champions that they are. When you see them fighting, you see them suddenly become human in a sense, in a human uh, activity. And congrats for everybody. Today, today's stage at uh, Turner Adriatico, um, we had Schmitz Wurtz, Mad Schmitz. Mad Wurtz Schmidt win over Brent Van Moor. This is a breakaway of about six or so that, that ended up staying away. The, the chase group just did not look like they wanted to do anything about it. Uh, the field comes in with Tim Miller of Alpes and Phoenix. He's won a few different races this year. Uh, did he win Kern, Brussels Kern? I'm trying to remember. Um, Omloop? No, he didn't win Omloop. He might have won KBK the, the day after. Uh, anyway, his teammate of, uh, yeah, because I think that's the one where uh, Vanderpool came across with his uh, handlebars broken. He had done the lead out for him. So his teammate can sprint pretty good. He wins a field sprint here. So tomorrow we have like a, um, it's either 10.1 or 11.1 flat time trial. Is Ghana going to come out on top? Most likely he will. All right. In, we have a U.S. Um, moratorium has basically, uh, U.S. has basically a moratorium on bike racing right now. But, we are actually going to have a race, we hope, Bella Kings Racing, which uh, is our buddy Mark Tucker. He is, his team is putting it on. 
and it's going to be in Chowchilla. It's going to be the 3rd of April. Um, check it out on the NCNCA page. Probably check it out on that other feedbook. If what is it? Feedbook? Feed zone page. Uh, but anyway, the 2021 Chowchilla Criterium, it, just go to velokings.com and you'll be able to find it there for the race promotion. Um, so look, the decision I have to do is, am I going to do this race? Well, one, I stepped back and didn't even get myself a, a racing license for the year. Okay, so I need to go and get myself a racing license. Then I've got to figure out if I have time to do this. I've been bitching and complaining about not having any racing going on. So the odds are I need to step up and do this race. I had a wreck a few weeks ago. Just by took two weeks off the bike. Come on, people. But I'm going to do my best to do it. I just have to clear with the family, make sure we don't have anything going on. And um, then I will likely be at the Chowchilla. I don't even know if there's any. I think there's supposed to be a Turlock Road Race, they said, and another one, but I could not find it on the page. So on the NCNCA uh, race page. So I don't even know if it's going to happen. How about our mailbag? Well, we got a bunch of good stuff about Drake Duel. Check out the, all the comments. I want to say there's like 20 comments or 10 comments or so on the um, YouTube page about it. So good stuff there. Um, people were very positive. Uh, he was a good kid to have on. Like I said, there's some, some question about his experience, and I think he's just going to have to fight through that. You know, I remember seeing the, the great another one that did uh, Matt Washington um, hill climb much like Drake Duell uh, was our uh, Tom Danielson had won that and Tom had a lot of Tommy D had a lot of talent and potential he goes over to Europe with Fossa Bortola team and he has trouble because he's can't get in position you know it's like we saw with uh, Perry Nice the roads get a little bit narrower um, you're used to just being able to move up like whenever you want in the US that's not the case there so we're going to have you know, these kind of questions now this his rowing maybe he's a different kind of mindset and and rowing or or what have you maybe drake's just like yeah i'm just jump right in and not have a problem uh so we'll see that so anyways it's uh it'll be interesting to see how he does like i said uh, mike woods tweeted about it uh their interview carlson did douglas Ryder. that was pretty cool to see uh on the mailbag itself alejandro vergaraga come on dude Alejandro, we'll just go with that. I, like, I'm going to be able to pronounce your name. He did give us a little bit of insight of how you pronounce Iguita. And then we'll try it here. See if you can hear this. Iguita. Okay. So I'm not even close. Let's try it again. Iguita. Iguita. Thanks, Alejandro. Um, he did say, by the way, what's the soundtrack to your podcast? It definitely sounds like a Maynard band. It does. It's Tool and it's the song Numa. So hope you enjoy that. Ride of the week. Pagachar, maybe. Or Rogl Do you even give it to Roglic? I mean, he's, he took three stage wins. I want to give it to Vanderpool for his ride yesterday because that was very impressive, him hanging on. Uh, although, man, I was really inspired. I was really inspired by the ride by Roglic. I, I, I liked it at all. I don't know. Okay, everybody. I think that's really all we're going to have time for today. It's Monday, so get back to work. I think we'll be having some good weather here, hopefully. And uh, if not, hey, you know, get on your bike, do your Zwift riding, get on your stationary rower. I think that's the, the key to have it. I heard that uh, rowing is the way, the new gateway. There's other people that are doing that. Uh, Dan Martin, not the Dan Martin, but Israel Startup Nation. By the way, that's who this Israel Startup Nation won today, of words. Um, but Dan Martin, a local rider for Pete's, evidently he was a rower. So there's that gateway. MMA, MMA riders, uh, fighters are coming into the world. 
someone just took a bunch of KLMs from Brian Zimney and then started to um, mock him online. I don't know why you have to mock him online, mock him to his face, but uh, sorry, Zimney. It's just the way things go. Okay, everybody, episode 227. We'll do another interview coming up. Um, someone maybe NorCal related. I don't know. Does it matter? Depends which page you posted on. Take care, everybody.